Welcome to Making the Rounds, a podcast by the American Medical Association. In this episode, we continue our Meet Your Match series with guest Chavi Chaudhry, a first-year fellow in the Child and Adolescent Psychiatry Division at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. She shares her experience going through SOAP after not getting an initial match in 2019. She'll also cover advice and steps to take if you initially don't match. Here's AMA Senior News Writer, Brendan Murphy. Hello, and welcome to Meet Your Match, a special series on Making the Rounds, a podcast by the American Medical Association. I'm Brendan Murphy, Senior News Writer at the AMA. Today, I'm happy to have with me Dr. Chavi Chaudhry, as we continue our series exploring all you need to know about the match. This episode is going to detail what to do if you don't match. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Chaudhry. Thank you for having me. Dr. Chaudhry is a first-year fellow in the Child and Adolescent Psychiatry Division at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. To start us off, would you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you navigated the match process? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast um, to discuss this very important topic. In 2019, I did not match psychiatry residency. What happened afterwards was a roller coaster. Um of going through the SOAP. I did not get a position in the SOAP either. I, after that, I actually did, I changed my remaining electives in fourth year to different specialties to kind of get a letter of recommendations. I spoke with a lot of my mentors, um, APDs and PDs of psychiatry, um, the dean of my medical school. I sent out many applications for other research positions that I could be doing in in gap year. Um, And I I continued to interview if I could get any uh, availabilities for positions that were unexpectedly opening. And it wasn't until May of uh, 2019 that I eventually did get a position in psychiatry residency at a program that I had interviewed at during the interview cycle. It was an unexpected positioning. So throughout this process, I experienced the emotional turmoil that can come with going unmatched and also just navigating that process. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. I made, you know, some things that worked out for me clearly and, and others that did not. And For the last four years, I have been sharing that with other applicants that have gone unmatched. Um, I would start by saying that I am a U.S. medical graduate, and this my experience is based from that. Um, I hope that some aspects of what I share is helpful to all from different walks of life and um, from different roadmaps that they have taken to become a match applicant. And I'm really excited to to be here to discuss that with you guys. Thank you for those valuable details, Dr. Chaudhry. Could you walk us through what you did after not getting a match? What happened and how were you ultimately able to find a match? Yes. So after I received the email that I did not match, um, I prepared to go into the SOAP. Um, I did all rounds of the SOAP for 2019 year. Um, That year, there were a lot of technological 
uh, glitches, so there were only two soap um, rounds that were done. I had two interviews during the soap for specialties that were other than psychiatry. And then after the soap, I did many other things to get a psychiatry position uh, or a residency position. And until May of that year, I did get a residency position in psychiatry at a program that I had interviewed at during the interview cycle. You mentioned SOAP. A valuable detail for our listeners is SOAP will be taking place March 13th through the 16th this year. And also, you mentioned that you did find a position. We're so glad you did. What do you think is the biggest misconception that medical students and other residency applicants have about what to do when they get that email from the NRMP that says, we are sorry, you did not match to any position? Well, I think when you get that email, the first thing is you feel like it's over, that you've, you've failed and that there is no path forward. Um, and that is not the truth. The truth is that and now the process has also just began as far as gaining a position after the match. You have multiple cycles of soap to get ready for. Um, many people find positions but even after the soap, such as myself, um, so I encourage during that time is really to take some time to reflect and also, um, of course, process the news, but also don't get caught up in the doom that that email also has some people feel because there are many different steps to take forward after that. It is not over just yet. That's really valuable advice. What would be your insight on how to deal with that feeling that many residency applicants feel when getting the news that they did not match? I think it's valid to feel that emotional gut punch. You have an applicant who, it's not just about the last four years of medical school, but it's really about a dream that's been going, that's been, you know, alive for much longer than that. So, that emotional gut-rep punch is very natural, common, and valid to feel. And I think a lot of medical trainees um, have this expectation that, you know, they, they should just be moving forward and not really going into the soap process. If you haven't really processed that emotion, it's, it's hard to for it to not come up during your SOAP interviews or going through the SOAP process. So I would say in, in that moment, you, you really just sit with it and process it and also, you know, realize that your value and worth is not just on this one email sent by a computer-formulated algorithm. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild.
do you think every residency applicant should have a break glass in case of emergency? I didn't match plan in place before they get that email on Monday of match week. And if so, what role does preparation play in this process? I think preparation is key to success in the post-match process. It's very hard with the, unfortunately, with the short crunch of time between getting the email that you did not match and having to go into the SOAP um, to make a lot of decisions, such as I wish I had prepared uh, on how I was going to allot my applications for the SOAP, such as what was going to be, if, if there was no availability in psychiatry, then what would I apply for? And like, if I would even apply to something, um, because that is a decision that some people take is that if there's nothing available in their specialty, they may not wish to um, apply and they may wish to take a gap year and they may wish to reapply to that specialty, right? So coming up with for example, for me, internal medicine was an inter a rotation that I very much enjoyed, and it was also a letter, one of my letter writers was from my internal medicine rotation. So, you know, how many of the applications in the SOAP did I want to allot to that versus a transitional year versus a prelim year versus family medicine potentially? So... Um, I think preparing for that is very important just because it is very, it is more overwhelming and it is more, in, especially in a state where you're already very emotional, to continue on and make those decisions. Another thing to really, you know, work on prior is, is if you do decide that, okay, there might be, you know, another specialty that may want to apply into then having a, a, um, a general personal statement that's uploaded to ERAS already may also be helpful. If going into the SOAP, when you're applying, everyone, you know, most of your application is going to be geared toward a certain specialty. And the interviewees and programs that are in the SOAP already kind of know that you, you did not match into another specialty potentially, right? So that there's no hiding there. Nobody really needs to hide there. We're all in the same boat there. But having a personal statement that, that you know, talks about, like, why another specialty, such an internal or family or whatever, uh, was um, how you did enjoy that, that can be easy to just send to those um, applications that you're going to send in the SOAP um, versus, like, after the match, coming up with that, Right. Or also, you know, in, in the ERAS, you can have more letter writers, a, a letter, uh, you know, letter of recommendations. So having a, a general letter of recommendation might also be helpful in sending, you know, that with your SOAP application. So I do think a lot of this is preparation prior um, that can really help with being successful in the SOAP process and also having more emotional control as well. That is fantastic advice. Many medical students who fail to match don't just suffer a career setback. It can threaten their identities and even prompt a mental health crisis. How would you respond to those who don't match and feel they're somehow a failure because of it? Yeah. So as a medical professional, this is years and years of training 
you know, many people decide to go into medicine in, in high school or even younger. And, you know, there's a process through college and then now you're in medical school. You've gone through four years of medical school. So your identity um, can be very enmeshed by the advancement in that career and your identity professionally and personally. Um, and so when there's such a setback where the advancement or not taking the traditional route of advancement in this career um, can be very impactful for how one perceives themselves. Um, and also, you know, there's a huge social aspect to this identity as well and the setback, right? Um, so how, will, uh, how do I view myself personally and professionally? And then also how do others view me? How do my classmates view me who are, you know, posting about their matches? How do my faculty and my letter writers, who have I let down? So it is natural to have that enmeshment of our identities. However, I think it's very important to realize that our accomplishments are not our identity. And that, that is really important. So you, you really have to look into other aspects of your life, other achievements, personal, you know, whether it's your relationships with your family, whether it's other goals as well, um, that your worth is not dependent on this specific fail, perceived failure because, because you have not failed just yet. Um, there's many accomplishments that you have already achieved to get to this position. It is just the, the idea of like not being able to advance as, as expected that seems like a failure. You are uniquely qualified to speak to this topic for a number of reasons. One of them is you are now pursuing a fellowship in psychiatry. What resources should residency applicants who didn't match draw upon on if they feel they really are in crisis? This is a very important question. And, you know, in my work with um, every year, you know, the reality is every year, many, many people reach out to me, whether through its, you know, social outlets or even, you know, word of mouth from my medical school um, in, in this process. And, and they express, you know, the mental crisis that they are experiencing. I, I remember specifically in my year on a Reddit um on a Reddit thread, somebody did say that they were having suicidal thoughts. And it, I think, you know, in this process and for the students um, that are, are in the SOAP process or do go, uh, go unmatched, this is not an, unfortunately, this is not an uncommon um, experience. And so I, I do think I want to definitely emphasize that, you know, if you're in crisis and you're feeling unsafe, you're engaging in risky behaviors, whether it's more substance use or, um, you know, impulsivities, things that are out of character, things that, you know, you're very isolated to even people that are very close to you um, and you do not feel safe, then we need to seek emergency services, um, whether that's, you know, emergently going to our ER or, um, you know, dialing 988, which will route callers to the National Suicide Prevention Line. Um, the previous National Suicide Prevention Line number is still, you know, active, which is the 1-800-273-8255, and that's always available. Another resource would be Physician Support Line. Um, 
And, and, you know, many medical students feel like physician support line is not for them. That is not true. That is for all, tra- all um, you know, all medical trainees, so residents, fellows, medical students included. Um, and the physician support line is 1-800-409-0141. Um, other resources that, you know, a lot of people forget to reach out to is a lot of medical schools, I mean, I think almost all medical schools have a student counseling center. So, and that that can be part of the preparation phase where, you know, you either, if, if you know that, like, depending on how many interviews you've had during the cycle or what your application looks like, um, in, in preparation for this phase, you may want to schedule a appointment ahead of time for, um, you know, match day or uh, the next day or that week um, with the counselor at Student Counseling Center. Um, maybe we need to have an appointment ahead of time made with our psychiatrist or therapist. Um, so those are those are very important aspects um, that you know, if you find yourself in, in, in crisis or uh, anticipate crisis, given, you know, if you have history of depression or history of um, previous inpatient hospitalizations or previous suicidal um, in, uh, attempts, um, then I, I think that, you know, seeking those services are absolutely needed. Um, and I highly, highly encourage. Um, also coming up with a safety plan, um, you know, when when the match, when you find out that you don't match, it, it can be very, um, it can be emotional flooding, right? And it's hard for our our brain to really um, make uh, make decisions in a way that we normally would. So in that's why it's important ahead of time to also maybe coming up with a safety plan, like. Um, you know, coming up with warning signs that you notice in yourself that things might be, um, you know, that a crisis could develop. Also, coming up with people and places that um, that you can reach out to, because unfortunately, you know, in medicine, this is a population that people don't seek support um, because they because of what they perceive as failure and the enmeshment of their identities into the accomplishments that we uh, achieve in in this field. So having a plan and seeing that, oh yeah, when I created this, I said that I would reach out to this person can be very helpful. So I I would highly, you know, I I really, really hope that if you're a listener right now who just, who did found out that you did not match and you're having a crisis episode, please, please, please reach out. to uh, these resources. I love the idea of replanning a meeting with a mental health professional. And if you don't match, then I'm sure you're going to be glad to have that on the books and you can always cancel last minute if you don't need it. That same advice and more was given in our last episode by Dr. Chantel Young from USC's Keck School of Medicine. So if listeners want to tune into that episode, episode nine of Meet Your Match, I encourage you to go back. It's in this feed. I would also add that, you know, it can be hard for uh, students and, and um, it can be hard for match applicants to identify a crisis episode in themselves, right? And so this is not a process that is only impact, you know, impactful to the unmatched applicant. There are 
you know, there's classmates who have had their, you know, res medical school friends who are going unmatched. There are faculty that is um, going, you know, who has recommended these students for uh, these positions and uh, mentors, right? And there's school administrators as well. So I would also, you know, add on and and advice to these classmates and to these faculty members and school administrators to also provide support, check-ins. Um, you know, I know my medical school, reach, uh, the dean of my medical school, you know, scheduled uh, a meeting with me uh, later that day after the soap was over to check in. Um, and I had classmates that, you know, who of course are celebrating their own, um, you know, matches. However, you know, if you're a, if you are a part of a class where um, your friend or your classmate did not match, please do reach out to them because it can be quite isolating in that moment. Fortunately, you did ultimately land a psychiatric residency position in May of what would be your first year of residency. What words would you like every residency applicant who doesn't match to hear loud and clear from you? Yeah, um, I think what I definitely want the listener to know is that you have not failed. Um, you have already accomplished so much to be here. You've taken you know, long, grueling tests, um, you, you've, you've shown already, even you, you've already shown that you are worthy and equipped with all the knowledge and skills to be a resident um, and to, you know, contribute to um, humanity in, with the skills that, that you've, you've gained throughout this process. So I, I definitely want them to know that they have not failed and your dreams are not over because there is different roads taken to getting a residency position and continuing on your training. Um, that maybe look different for other people. And what people, many students may not realize is that that looks different for many people. That's, there's... Yes, there's a huge part of where people take the traditional route, and then there's others who don't match. There's others like me who don't match, who don't soap, and you know, so, um, after doing afterwards, get a position in the same year later on in a completely unexpected way. Um, there's others who I know who have done a prelim year and then gotten into a specialty that they applied for. There's others who have taken different routes in medicine and been happy and fulfilled in doing that. Um, taking gap years, done, you know, worked on their MBA or other avenues that they have done um, and eventually gotten on the path that they wanted to be on. So it got in the position that they, they wanted in, in a different path. So I, I really want them to know um, that they have not failed. Um, it is, and they're, you know, fully equipped to be a, a, a wonderful physician. It is unfortunate that a lot of this is dependent on a supply and demand and, um, you know, funding and increasing residency spots. Um and, and just systems. And so it, I think it, what breaks my heart the most is people feeling that they are 
not worthy when in reality they are just as worthy. Um, it's just that the system isn't equipped to help them realize their hopeful dreams. And of course, the AMA has and is continuing to advocate for more federal funding of graduate medical education positions. One of the most fulfilling thing about my match um, that, you know, still to this day, um, I have many uh, emotional experiences about. Um, but one thing that's helped me kind of process that and for the last four years that I really felt was fulfilling was advocacy in this area. Um, and there's several different organizations um, that that have advocated um you know, one such as like Alliance of Medical Graduates um, and, uh, you know, I, uh, other people who have gone unmatched and created websites such as unmatchedmd.com, which, which I've utilized during my match when I went unmatched. Um, so I think the most important part is also continuing advocacy uh, about this um, and, you know, a lot of these organizations or people also have like support groups um, for unmatched applicants or have meetings and, and you can kind of, you know, feel united in, in that experience and it can be a little bit less isolating for these um, individuals as well. And so I, I do encourage people to continue advocacy in this group. Thank you so much for agreeing to join us today, Dr. Chaudhry. Your perspective is one small step to decreasing the isolation that people might feel if they don't match. This has been Making the Rounds, a podcast by the American Medical Association. I'm senior news writer, Brendan Murphy. Until next time, thank you for listening. You can subscribe to Making the Rounds and other great AMA podcasts anywhere you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.